This is episode 105 with the 800-meter coach from the District Track Club in Washington, D.C., a man who's coached under Matt Centrowitz Sr., Mr. Tom Brumlick. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Jason Fitzgerald, and I'll be your host on the podcast today and also in the future. I'm not going anywhere. I have a good conversation for you today focusing on the elite running scene in Washington, D.C., but also more specifically on the training necessary for the 800 meters. This is not a distance event, and my guest Tom Brumlick does a great job breaking down the weekly training structure and some of the speed development work that goes into the training. But before we begin, I want to share some other great resources for you. First, we're putting a lot more videos out than we have in the past, thanks to me getting a video editor. So head on over to YouTube, search for Strength Running, and check out the hundreds of videos that we already have, and stay tuned for even more, including one this week on the timing and scheduling of strength training. And of course, if you have any suggestions, go ahead and leave a comment on any video, and I'll get a notification to see that. Finally, Go to strengthrunning.com slash TSR to learn more about team strength running. This interview is actually an excerpt from the full conversation available to team members. Consider it like an extra podcast for team members every month, but they also get live Q&As with me to get coaching guidance and any of their questions answered, a comprehensive training plan library, more strength and core routines, gear and training program discounts, and even more goodies. It's sort of like Patreon, except you get way more value, including coaching support and a network of other runners just like you. That's strengthrunning.com slash TSR to check it out. All right, I want to start my conversation with Tom because it's a bit different than other podcast episodes I've done in the past. I'm a distance runner and a distance coach, but we're talking about a grueling middle distance event, the 800. Despite this being completely outside of my wheelhouse, I ran a lot of 800s during my track days as doubles. My coach was just ruthless. (laughs) And, you know, normally what we do is I'd run the 800 after running a 1500 meter race. We'd get a couple hours break in the middle and then come back for usually a relay, a 4x800 meter relay. And that is a really good way to fry your legs. So we're going to be covering mileage levels, long runs, and more importantly, the speed development that goes into the 800. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, please welcome the coach of the District Track Club, Mr. Tom Brumlick. All right. Hey, Tom. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. So, Tom, you have a very cool job. You are a coach for the District Track Club. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do for them? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the main thing I do is is coach a group of about nine athletes. Um, So the club started in about uh, uh, 2016 as our first year as myself and uh, Matt Centeritz. Uh, coach Centrich is now up in um, New York, so he's the, he's the head coach of Man College. We still work pretty, uh, you know, pretty pretty close together. Uh, he coaches a few athletes up in New York that, that followed him up there, and then I'm working with about like I said about nine athletes down here. So um, main thing is is you know organizing practice, uh, you know performance as our number one thing. Um, so so making sure practices run smoothly and the, and the seasons are. Or mapped out and all sorts of other stuff like that, and you know, just, just taking care of the athletes um, as much as I can. So, um, so yeah, I I, I kind of started off as as a you know 
coaching a few athletes and and working as kind of the general manager, just uh, getting our club off the ground. Um, I still, you know, do a lot of managerial work. We we have another um, guy that came in this year, Ryan Wazowski. Um, he he's helped me tremendously in terms of kind of day to day operations. Um, and he take, he's taken a lot off my plate, which has been which has been incredible. Um, at the same time, though, I'm still doing a lot of administrative stuff with our athletes, whether it be, um, you know, recruiting, uh, you know, helping them, you know, get to meets with, with travel, uh, you know, a little bit of a real estate agent. We're actually moving houses right now. So, uh, helping our athletes, you know, find a place to live. Cause in, in DC, it's, uh, not an easy place to find, uh, find a place to live as a post-college runner. So I'm sure we'll get into the nuts and bolts of how, uh, um, how tough it is to live financially as a, as a post-college runner, um, in a bit, but, uh, but yeah, so, so, um, you know, athlete development, uh, you know, training our athletes, uh, helping them, you know, get through the, get through their weeks and, um, get into positions where they can, um, you know, work as well, all of our athletes, um, old jobs. So, um, so there's, there's that aspect too of, you know, bringing an athlete in right now we're bringing in, probably going to bringing in three to four athletes this next year. And, um, you know, I, I talk more about them, uh, about their jobs than I do about training right now, just because, um, you know, the training, uh, in my mind sorts stuff out, but, uh, making sure that they're in a, a position where they're, you know, happy lifestyle wise is, uh, is, is kind of paramount. So, so, um, so yeah, I, I guess if it broke it down, you know, my, my, my role is, uh, you know, athlete development and, um, you know, uh, and on the, on the track, off the track. Yeah, and athlete development really sounds much more holistic than simply, I'm going to plan a bunch of workouts for this upcoming track season. You know, you're really making sure these runners are, uh, you know, living a life that's conducive to hard training and they're managing their other responsibilities outside of running really well. So it sounds like it's uh, more, much more of a comprehensive position. And you mentioned Matt Centrowitz. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is Matt Centrowitz, the Olympic gold medal, 1500 meter runners father, Matt Centrowitz senior. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Uh, so I moved here in 2013, 20, I think 2013, um, to coach, uh, coach with him to learn from him. And, um, you know, I, I applied for a job, uh, that I saw online and I had a connection to him via, um, a coach that I was volunteering under, um, in Ohio at Ohio Wesleyan, uh, his name is Matt Wackerly. Um, and he told me a lot of stories about coach Centuritz, uh, some, some good, some, some scary, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, he, I saw the job online. I, I applied coach Centuritz just knew, knew that I was recommended by, you know, uh, coach Wackerly. So he kind of gave me a call to let me down, um, gently that it was not really a, uh, an actual job. It was just kind of one of those formalities where they, they had a job promise to, it was actually Carrie Gallagher. Um, they, they had a job promised to her and, uh, they just had to put online. So, um, I think he called me back a week later and, and, um, you know, said, just kind of told me if I wanted to come out there, he'd, he'd figure something out and I probably had to volunteer. But, uh, you know, if I really wanted to be on staff, he could, he could make it happen. So, um, kind of jumped on the opportunity. Um, cause, cause if I, you know, I wanted to, at, at the time I wanted to coach collegiately. Um, and I, I figured there'd be no one better to learn from than him. Yeah, he certainly has uh, a lot of experience and just being, uh, you know, I would say more of an advisor to his son and working with him as he's, 
you know, become one of the best runners in the world. I'm sure that's just such a special opportunity for you. Now, I'm, I'm always fascinated by these clubs because, you know, when I was coming out of college, I had very delusional ideas of, of being a sub-elite runner, although I just didn't have the, the talent to do so. Um, you know, how do the mechanics of a club like this work? I mean, you mentioned that these athletes, uh, they have full-time jobs. Uh, are they sponsored in any way? Are they considered elite runners? Yeah. So, um, I'm pretty picky about like, you know, pro runner, elite runner, all that type of stuff. I mean, I, for pro for me is like, you know, we have a thing in our group where, you know, until this year, um, you know, none of our athletes were, weren't allowed to say, you know, professional runner cause they weren't getting paid to do it. Um, luckily we now have a, uh, you know, sponsorship with Under Armour. Um, it's been, you know, something I've worked on since, uh, 20, 2016, since we started, that's always been the brand that, kind of was a, a dream brand for me just because, um, you know, they're right around the corner. Uh, you know, they, I, I love their mindset. I, you know, I love how, uh, you know, hungry they are as a brand and, you know, confident they are as a brand and, um, you know, just really fit with, with everything that we're trying to do. Um, you know, we didn't have good enough athletes to kind of warrant anything from them early on. And, um, on the flip side, like, you know, their shoes were a little bit, uh, you know, iffy. So, um, we were kind of hesitant with them as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of built a relationship with them over four years. Um, this past, uh, January, we kind of, uh, finally worked something out where, um, yeah, they they support our club pretty well. Uh, four of our athletes are on contract and then, um, the rest of our athletes receive, uh, you know, gear and, and a bonus structure and, and things like that. So it's a uh, pretty, pretty incredible support there. Um, and, uh, the best part is, is that the, the shoes are awesome now. So I, I don't know what they did in the last, like. 16 months, but, uh, I don't know if you've had a pair of Under Armour on your feet, uh, and, and this is not me plugging them. This is just me kind of just pretty crazy how it all worked out. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's just, like I said, it was the brand that, that I wanted to work with. And, um, and the fact that their shoes are you know on par with everybody else is, uh, is pretty cool stuff. So, um, so yeah, uh, we, we have some athletes that are, you know, it's, it's kind of tiered. So four athletes that are on, um, on a, you know, stipend from Under Armour and then, you know, the, the other five that are down here and, and few that are up in New York um, are just kind of on that bonus structure. And then um, even, even our athletes that are on uh, the you know, contract, they, they still work. And that's just a big part of our club in general is to uh, what I like to say is, is have something else. So have something else going on in your life. Um, I think the NCAA system is the, is the best system of developing athletes in the in the world. And I think a lot of that is because, um, you know, it promotes balance and, you know, being able to, you um, you know, focus on, on more things, uh, more things than just running. Um, and I, I think that's, that's really helpful. So, um, so yeah, in terms of making ends meet, um, you know, we, we do have some support available for athletes, uh, but at the same time, uh, not our athletes really could get away with, with not working at all. So, um, you know, between prize money, uh, part-time jobs and, um, and, uh, you know, money from, uh, sponsors and things like that, we're able to make it work. Well, that's great, because I, I think one of the things that the United States really lacks is that kind of development program for sub-elite and elite runners, you know, the runners who are not necessarily professional, getting paid to actually run, but the runners who are a, a couple seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds 
further away from being that kind of a runner. You know, I, I think it's the, the entire running industry really needs to invest in these athletes to, you know, create a bigger bench to draw from. And I think when we can do that, you know, you're going to grow the fan base. You're just going to have even more uh, elite runners. And it's just a really great way to make the sport a lot deeper and more competitive all around from track to cross country to road racing. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, uh, that's been, again, one of, one of our goals. Um, you know, we, we, I still like, you know, even though, even we're able to bring in, um, more, more decorated athletes out of, out of college, I still love bringing in athletes that are, you know, haven't had as many opportunities, um, in college to kind of reach, reach their potential. So, um, I think that's always going to be kind of a, a mark of our club to bring in, um, athletes like, uh, you know, Ido Sibadin, who's who's a 148 guy in college, and and Kumel Prince, who's a 148 guy in college, and they're now you know running 145 consistently and uh, having a lot of success. And um, that that's just a um, yeah one of the things that we like about the group, and they're, and they're again making a good impact in their community and all sorts of other stuff like that. Let's talk a little bit more about the 800. Uh, the 800 is such an interesting event. Um, you know, I'm a distance coach and my background is as a distance runner. So, you know, the 800 distance was for me always a very painful trip to middle distance territory. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like a longer 400 meter sprint for an endurance runner. You know, you just go out nearly as hard as you can and you hang on for dear life. Um, and I can't count how many four by 800 meter relays I was on after the main event, usually, you know, a mile or a 1500. And that's always a double that hurts. And so I'd love to talk a little bit more about, you know, the training. Can you give us a big picture, general overview of some of the big metrics? Like maybe we'll start with just mileage and long runs that some of your 800 meter specialists do. Yeah. So, so, um, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, it's just a, it's a, very different event. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty unique in a, in a beautiful way. And, uh, you know, there are days where I love the 800, there's days where I hate it. <laughs> it's, it's still by far my favorite event to coach. And that's, that's, you know, our group's kind of based around that. And, uh, uh we're going to continue to base you know, our, our, our group around that. And, um, cause I think it's an underserved event in, in the U S but, um, but yeah, so, to, so to start, uh, the first thing you got to realize is, you know, that, that everybody's different. So, um, you know, any coach that says they have it, have it figured out or appear that they haven't figured out is, is probably lying just because, uh, you know, there's so many different ways to train for it. And if you just look through history of, you know, whether it be Sebco, whether it be David Rudisha, whether it be, um, you know, Juan Terena, so many different ways to train and be successful. And, uh, usually starts with, um, what I, what I usually look at is, is what, what type of runner are you? So, so, you know, uh, are you, are you more of a sprinter? Um, are you more of a distance runner? You know, are you a, you know, 800 specific runner where you have okay, 400 meter speed and okay, uh, 1500 meter ability, but, uh, but your main events 800. So, um, so the first thing we do before we even look at like mileage or anything like that is kind of, um, try to figure out what, uh, you know, what type of 800 meter runner you are. And, um, a lot of that for me, since they're all coming from like, you know, programs, uh, out of college and they've had success, uh, to a certain degree, I, I try to dig really deeply into, um, their college training and, and to see what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them and see maybe if I can, you know, fill in a few holes. So, um, I think the best example is, uh, um, the guys I talked about earlier, uh, cause they're very, very similar and they've had, you know, good success, uh, in our program. And, um, so Ido Sibadine and Quell Prince, they, they both came from sprint programs and, um, I'm actually really thankful of that because they developed, uh, you know, very, very good speed and they're able to, 
um, you know, run um, pretty quick 400s and, and um, they just, it's, it's hard to develop speed when you're older. So I'm, I'm just thankful that they did that when they were younger. Um, and just kind of the missing link for them was, uh, was really endurance. So just kind of building up their, their volume. So I think they probably ran, um, you know, they would do a few maybe eight mile runs in college and that would be like their long run. Um, you know, they're, they're doing, uh, right now, probably, uh, they'll get up to 11 or 12, I'd say we don't really count volume. Um, we just kind of have, you know, our, our weekly structure and it kind of, um, kind of ends up being what it ends up being. Um, but yeah, so, um, for them, the, the, the biggest difference was just, you know, improving their strength. And that's just, that's not really just coming out of mileage for them. It's, it's, uh, you know, obviously you have that volume so you can handle, um, you know, better, better intervals, better tempo runs. And then, you know, the better intervals, better tempo runs, um, you're able to do better, you know, shorter stuff. So, um, in our program, we do a mix of everything. So, you know, we, we sprint, um, once a week and our athletes do, um, a longer run once a week. And then, you know, our athletes will do, uh, longer intervals, longer intervals once a week as in addition to, you know, shorter intervals. So, so we, we, we really do a, a mix of things. Um, and it just depends on the athlete of, you know, what that mix looks like. So, um, on a typical Monday, Vito and Quimel are going for a, um, you know, 10, 10 or 11 mile run. We might have somebody, um, that's, that's more on the 400, 800 side of things that, that came from a program where they ran, you know, 10 miles a week, uh, in, in college, they might be doing something like a, you know, endurance based circuit where they're, they're staying active and they're staying moving for, um, you know, the same amount of time, that 60, 70 minute range, but, uh, they're not necessarily, um, you know, going on a run. And a lot of that's because these, uh, you know, these sprint, sprint based athletes just, uh, I don't know if you ever, you ever watch a 400 meter runner jog, it's, it's not pretty. So, um, <laughs> no, it's not. So, so, so yeah, it's just, uh, trying to get that endurance in without, um, you know, without sacrificing, uh, poor mechanics and things like that. So, um, so yeah, it, but, it, but it really does start with, um, you know, understanding what kind of, um, what kind of athlete you are. And I know for, for your listeners, if, if they're coming from different backgrounds of, um, you know, sports, you know, you might have some of your athletes that you, you know, that are, that are listening that, or that you coach that are, um, you know, they, they, they love the longer stuff and you might have some people that come from a, you know, football, basketball, they, they like, you know, power-based stuff and they can maybe relate a little bit more to the, you know, 400, 800 type of training or, um, or that like, you know, 800, uh, specific type of training. So, so I, I really put it in the three categories. Um, you have your 400, 800, you have your 800 specialist, and then you have your, uh, 800, 1500 meter type runner. And, um, I typically like to recruit and work with the, you know, pure 800 meter runners, the ones that have, you know, good speed, uh, good strength. Uh, but they're really, really, um, you know, the best event is by far the 800. Have you found that the runners with a more of a sprint background end up becoming better 800 meter runners, or is it endurance athletes who, who tend to transition really well to the 800 or does it not really matter? Yeah, I'd, I'd, re I'd really say it's a mix because you got, um, if you got, you know, you look at who made the world team this year um, on both sides, you have, um, you know, Donovan Brazier won, and I, I think he's really a pure intermediate runner. I know he, he, he's, uh, you know, he's got really, he's, he just, he's just good in general. You know, he's run 336 and he ran 113 indoors in the 600. So um, he's just, he just can do it all. So I, I really think he's one of those, he's just a very, very good pure intermediate runner, in my opinion. And then, and then you got a guy like Clayton Murphy who's, um, you know, NCAA champion in the 1500 meters and, 
you know, is, is a, is a um, world-class 1500 meter runner. So, um, so yeah, you know, both, both different sides of the spectrum. And I know they even, you know, train differently, even though they're in the same program and things like that. And then on the flip side with the women, you have, uh, you know, Raven Rogers, who is, um, uh, you know, runs an incredible 400. She split 49. Um, and then you have somebody like Hannah Green, who's run, um, you know, 405 or 406 in the 1500. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's just, uh, um, what works best for the, for the given, um, you know, given coach and given program. Um, but I, I do think, uh, people go nuts for, you know, fast 400 meter splits. Cause they think they just need to, um, you know, have them run, have that athlete run a little bit more and they're going to be able to run, you know, super fast in 800, but, uh, again, it doesn't always work like that. So, um, I think the the best example is, uh, you know, career. He, he's, you know, done some crazy things in the 400. So I, I think people, um, expect him to run 138 in the, in the 800 right away. Um, and obviously he's, he's a pretty incredible talent, but, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's always not that simple. So, so yeah, I, I think you just, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of a luck thing where if, the, you know, the right athlete gets with the right coach, um, and, and they know the athlete well, and they can, you know, work with, uh, work with their skills, um, skill set very well, then it ends up being a, you know, good situation. Let's talk a little bit more about some of those workouts you were mentioning before. You mentioned sprinting, you mentioned short intervals. What kind of workouts might you have your athletes do that might be very alien to distance runners? You know, things like speed development, working on top end speed or acceleration, things like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, so, so Monday and uh, Monday and Tuesday would be like your more traditional days for what, you know, what a distance runner understands. So we do our long run Mondays. We do our, um, you know, long intervals on, on Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays are speed day. So actually that was, um, this is a little bit of a weird week because we're, we're racing on Saturday. So, um, today was our, our speed day. So, um, starts with a, uh, typical up. um, you know, depending on the person. So again, if you're, for an athlete, it's, it's a little bit of a shorter warm up with more drills, uh, more strides, things like that. Um, for, for, again, I'll use Ito and Kumel as an example. Uh, they do about a two and a half to three mile warm up, uh, ins and outs at the end of the warm up. So that's, uh, just, um, stride the straights, jo- uh, jog the curves, um, for, for about a mile at the end of their, um, at the end of their, their warm up run. And then some drills, some strides. Um, and then we go into wickets. So wickets are, um, that's actually something new for us this year. Um, I've always seen them before and I've always been intrigued. Um, luckily we, we have, uh, some athletes in our, in our program that have sprint backgrounds. So we're able to really understand, um, I was, I was better able to understand, um, how to use them, how to implement them and, and kind of why they're important, um, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, we do these wicket runs at 30 meters, um, uh, I don't know if that's how every coach uses the wickets, but, um, yeah, so we actually, uh, our wickets are aluminum wire, so they're not actually like the, the wickets you might see on, on Instagram or Twitter. Um, but they're just, again, the, the goal of the wicket is to be six inches. So we just use some like craft aluminum wire to, um, to, to create this, uh, little wicket thing. So, um, so yeah, 30 meter sprint, um, in between the sprints, uh, we take three minutes rest and, um, unique thing that we do, uh, I don't think anybody else does it or what I know. Um, we, we do just a few little, um, exercises in between as the rest. So, 
Um, we do 30 seconds of a, a dead bug. So that's a, just a core exercise. I think, I think we have all these exercises on our website, um, by the way. So, um, if they're just, you could put the, um, exercise to the name. If you, if you go on our website, we have an exercise library, um, that we're slowly building up, but, um, but yeah, so 30 seconds of a dead bug goal of that is to activate, um, you know, the, the psoas and just all the other, um, you know, muscles in the core. And it's a, it's a pretty running specific core exercise. Uh, and then we do a side plank um, for 15 seconds each side. And then we do, um, a, a runner lunge and a runner floor touch, um, which is floor touch is a, you know, runner, runner floor touch is essentially a, um, a single leg RDL. Um, and those are just going to activate the glutes, activate the hamstrings, basically get everything going that you're, you want to be, you know, really utilizing in the, in the sprint. So, um, so we do about three to four of those on a given day. Uh, and then we go kind of apply those skills to a short hill. Uh, so we, we've done short hills. I've, I've done that since, uh, you know, I've been since the first time I started coaching, uh, just 30 meter, um, short hill sprints with a three minute rest in between. So you want, you want a full rest in between, which is probably a little bit foreign to, to a distance runner. Cause you want to, um, you know, completely recover so you can put as much force in the ground as you possibly can. Um, so again, three to four of those. And then, um, usually we go back to the track. Um, we do anything from, you know, fifties to 75s to, um, you know, hundred, 150 uh, meter sprints. Um, not, it's not usually, um, anything that's gonna, you know, tax somebody, um, so they can't work out the next day. Although, um, probably with an athlete that's more distance based, uh, like for us, for us, some of our milers, um, they can tend to come off, you know, come off of those days, like really sore. So I only have them do that, um, every other week or sometimes every two weeks, but, uh, you know, our true half milers and our four, eight athletes will do that, um, pretty much every Thursday. Um, and then once that's over, they'll go and do another, um, you know, run or, um, some of our four, four, eight athletes will, will cross train. So, um, so yeah, it's just, uh, um, again, once a week, just really focusing on, um, you know, speed development, power development, um, you know, the ability to, um, put as much force in the ground gracefully as you possibly can. Um, and then I'll try to, I, I film it with an app called huddle. Um, and that allows me to just kind of see some mechanical things that, um, I'm, I'm trying to get better at recognizing and understanding and, um, I'm not, I'm not that smart. So, um, it's definitely something that I'm, I'm learning and trying to get better at to just kind of understand how, um, you know, how to, how to sprint faster. And I've been picking the brains of some really good coaches to, um, to kind of, you know, figure out some tweaks that, uh, um, you can make. And, um, I think it's been, I think it's been going pretty well. Um, you know, our athletes have, um, the, whether it be a 200 or a 300 at the end of practice or, you know, a couple of athletes that ran open fours this year, um, they've been able to improve, um, on the speed side of things. Now, when you're doing some of the longer reps, you know, 60 meters up to 150 or 200 meters during these, uh, speed development days, are these also at maximum intensity, a full sprint? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much everything that's going to be done on, uh, those Thursday days is going to be, um, you know, full go, uh, it's it well that, that's and that's with our half milers so so you know some of our um our milers will do like 200s that day and those will be at like you know a little bit slower than 800 pace sometimes at 800 pace so there's a little bit more of pace to that but um yeah if we're doing anything um below 150 uh it's going to be yeah as fast as you can go so today we did uh two sets of two by 75 um so they ran a 75 um max sprint walk back did another one and then walked 300 meters which ended up being about um 
about three and a half to four minutes of rest and then another then then did another set um so essentially it's like two by 150 um two by 150 all out so um so yeah just just uh again getting getting good at um you know being able to sprint maximally because that's uh that's what's going to happen at the end of a race yeah absolutely now tom you're going to have to describe wickets again something i've never heard of before how does that work yeah so um so like i said i think everybody does wickets a little bit differently um the reason that i like them um i was pretty skeptical skeptical at first because i my thought was you know why do you have to have this little piece of uh um, aluminum or plastic or whatever it is to be on the ground, um, to, to be able to, uh, do what you need to do. So, um, so it's about, I want to say nine to 10 mini hurdles. They're spaced out, uh, based on stride length. So, um, I think that the coach that I got it from the, the actual stride length calculator is, uh, Ron Grigg, um, that he coached, uh, Michelle Howell, one of our athletes in college. And he sent me over his like, you know, wicked calculator and is based on, um, you know, speed, um, to, to, uh, it helps you, you know, figure out the stride length. So how, how far apart you put these, these mini hurdles. Um, so yeah, you, uh, they're, they're put out in the, put out in a straight line. Um, the wickets that we have, so it's about 10, it doesn't last the full 30 meters. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, um, it just really allows you to get your foot, um, you know, strike in the right place and get your foot off the ground, um, quickly. So if, if you don't get your foot off the ground quick enough, you're going to hit one of the wickets and then, um, everybody practice makes fun of you and then you got to go home, uh, crying and, and then you learn. So, um, <laughs> positive so, peer so, pressure. yeah, exactly. So, um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's really helped in that regard. So I've actually seen a difference in the, in the footage of, um, you know, with wickets, without wickets in terms of, uh, um, you know, being, being quick off the ground and, and things like that. Um, like I said, many you know, sprint coaches use them for all sorts of things. Um, we use them in this specific drill. Um, like I said, you can make them with craft wire. I think on our Instagram, we probably have some, uh, um, some videos of our athletes, do, uh, using them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things for sure that, um, it would be worth, uh, your listeners, you know, looking things up or, um, obviously they can, you know, reach out to me and, um, I can kind of walk through and explain uh, a little bit more on, um, how and why, and, and kind of give visuals. Cause it's, it's, it's a definitely one where you need to see to actually like understand, okay, why, why this makes sense. So, cause again, I, I, until I had our athletes do it at practice, um, it, uh, it was something that I was a little bit skeptical on. I think, uh, I don't know if, again, that's another, another good example actually is, uh, um, Loudon Valley. So, um, the best, you know, best cross country team in, in the, um, in the country, uh, you know, they, they won NXN last two years and I think they set the, um, you know, the, the record for lowest points scored, uh, two years ago. And then they broke their own record this year. Um, you know, they're all very, very, you know, distance focused, uh, distance focused program that they use wickets, you know, they, they use wickets a couple times a week. Um, so, um, so that, that's, that's, that's always my, you know, selling point of, to, you know, a distance coach or uh, a distance runner of, you know, why you should be using wickets is, uh, and, and I, I think it kind of, you can see when you watch your athletes run, uh, you know, the mechanics are, um, you know, pretty great. So, um, that's always what I say, cause obviously we're coaching half milers and it makes a little bit more sense to, to sprint. But, uh, but yeah, I think they, I don't know how often they use them, but I know they, um, they use wickets uh, pretty often. 
Yeah, I've long been a distance coach who is very interested in and, and a big proponent of working on all the non-running things that tend to get lost in adult recreational running. Things like drills, plyometrics, strides, speed development work, and you know even hurdle mobility and using things like this, like a wicket or a small hurdle, to do more advanced drills and, and different um you know, that's what they are. They're form drills and to reinforce good technique. Um, but you know what? There's fewer opportunities for adult runners to get into middle distance running. If someone's interested in it, they want to run a really fast mile or 800 meter or, or 400 meter race. You know, what first steps might you recommend to an adult recreational runner who wants to do some of these races for the first time? Yeah. So, um, Actually, finding races is tough, unfortunately. Um, I think road miles would probably be a good, uh, you know, good segue because there are a lot of good road miles that are set up well and, you know, they're interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, um, heavily focused on the track and I love the track and um, I don't really see the world outside the track. Um, I'm pretty focused on, you know, 800, 1500 and um, even, you know, the distance races on the, on the track. I, um, I'm, I'm not as... Uh, uh, you know, I respected them. I'm just not, I'm, I'm very, very focused on 800, 1500. And I wish there were more, um, you know, track races, um, for general population. Uh, there's just, there's just not. And if there, if there is, you know, there, there's obviously all comers races and, um, I, I'm always scouring the internet for all comers races because our athletes, uh, I, I don't like to have our athletes travel too much. So there's been a lot of situations where we set up races at an all comers meet or, you know, have our athlete run a 400 at an all, at an all comers meet or, or things like that. Um, but unfortunately they're, there's not many and, um, the ones that do exist are not that professionally, um, run. They're just very, uh, you know, they're, they're not events that are just, they're not exciting. There's, you know, there's, there's no crowd, there's no atmosphere, there's no, um, there's not much to it. Um, so I, I that, that term is something that we'd like to change and actually try to get more events, um, out there. I know, um, the, Music City Distance Carnival that we do every year that that has uh, you know some all comers races to it and that that's a, that's a pretty great atmosphere and you're able to run you know with uh, you know they have they have great races all the way down to you know youth um, high school uh, professional and and all comers and we did an event this year uh, in DC with the DC Roadrunners um, we had the first sub four minute mile in DC which was which is pretty cool and um, you know a couple pretty good eight hundreds between the men and the women and uh, it's an all comers meet where um, anybody and everybody can run so they do exist um, you know the, to find one that's actually like exciting to run um, is tough so that's where I say like a road mile could actually be you know cool because you actually uh, you know there are some that are out there that um, that are set up well and and all sorts of other stuff like that but um, but yeah in terms of like actual track races. Um, it's, it's tough to find ones that are, that are exciting. Um, on the flip side of things though, I, I think, um, I think just training like a middle distance runner is, is something that I'm, uh, you know, I get on the soapbox, uh, about a lot. Um, just, just because I think given, even if you're training for something like a marathon or a half marathon or, um, you know, 10 K five K, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty impossible to train, uh, you know, like a tr if you're working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, it's pretty hard to train like a true, you know, true distance runner because there's just not enough hours in the day. So, um, you know, kind of adding some intensity in, um, even if it's just strides or two hundreds or, um, uh, you know, hills, something like that, um, I think is, is, is wildly beneficial because, uh, 
you know, the mechanical benefits that you'll get from it and just the, um, you know, understanding intensity uh, benefits that you'll get from it um, will, you know, pay huge dividends as opposed to just, um, you know, going out and, and just running every day and, and putting in miles and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, I think the, my best recommendation is just, uh, you know, adding in some middle distance training, um, you know, some sprinting, some, um, you know, some, some short intervals and in addition to your long runs and your, you know, long intervals and tempo runs and things like that. I think that's a great piece of advice because, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times distance runners simply don't really work on their power development, on their speed development and on their mechanics. And we can get a lot of that by running really fast. And, you know, even if you are a distance runner, you know, look, look, I was a 5k runner in college and we sprinted numerous times a week and did drills at least twice a week and did so many other things that tend to get lost in the shuffle when you're uh, when you're a real grown up and living in the real world. And so kind of bringing some of those training principles back into the training is really valuable for uh, not just, I think, longevity in the sport, because improving your mechanics is going to help with injury prevention. Um, but, you know, improving your power and your mechanics is going to help you run faster, too. So it just becomes more exciting. Um, now, Tom, you mentioned looking online for all comers meets, and this is very interesting to me personally. Do you have any favorite sites that you look at for all comers meets or, or are you Googling? How are you finding these meets? Yeah, uh, anything and everything. Um, I mean, USATF has a has a calendar that um, that that shows just uh, you know different meets of different states, uh, things like that. And then um, I, I would say most most you know bigger cities will have uh, have something because they're, they're you know local track clubs. Like for us, uh, we have Potomac Valley Track Club, and um, you know we we've we've set up 800, 800 races at like seven in the morning before. <laughs> so, um, so we've done, you know, done crazy things like that and, um, they're able, able to work with them, but yeah. So, so I'd say most, um, you know, most bigger cities or metropolitan metropolitan areas will have, a, you know, some kind of track club that puts on some kind of all comers meet. Um, you know, I know New York, New York city has the, you know, um, Tuesday night speed series or something like that. And then I think they have something at the armory indoors. Um, you know, Philadelphia has, uh, it's a, these these all comers meets at Germantown Academy and another one at Westchester. So um, so yeah, I mean Google and and looking at the USATF calendar is is helpful. Um, things like that. But um, but yeah, that that's usually my my method. It might not be the most efficient, but uh, um, yeah, that's that's what I use. I, yeah, I think it's a, it's really great to look at whatever your city is and then just Google plus track club. So if you live in Denver, you can just Google Denver Track Club uh, and yep. that'll get you on the road to finding the local club that is most active in your community and seeing whether or not they, they have some all comers meets. Because I think if distance runners occasionally trained for a mile or even an 800, they would become better distance runners that improve their power, their speed, their acceleration, their top end speed. And, and those carry over very well to distance events. You know, when you're, when you have 400 meters left in a 5k or you're really digging with, you know, a mile to go in a marathon, the skills that you learn training for middle distance events are going to carry over really well and help you in the longer 
distances. You know, one of the one of the things that I see very frequently in my coaching capacity is, you know, marathoners who want to qualify for Boston or they want to hit some big time goal, like say perhaps, you know, breaking four hours or even breaking three hours. And they do this by running three or four marathons every single year. And, you know, for me, my, my opinion on this is, is simply that it's not an effective way to go about this. We should be training for dis- different events. We should be training for the 5K, training for, you know, a half marathon. And this principle is simply to work on your speed, to get faster, because you layer on some endurance training on top of it, and that speed really gets expressed in the longer distances. So uh, I think it's really beneficial for uh, endurance runners and particularly older endurance runners who might not have that background with running really fast or, or developing their speed. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's really well said. All right, Tom, this has been very informative for me. I, I love hearing about how the next crop of professional distance runners are being brought up in this country. And then, you know, hearing more about 800 meter training is really interesting to me as someone who had a, a healthy fear of the 800 when I was in college. And, and I think uh, I think if you're, you don't have a little bit of fear on the 800, then you're probably not running it hard enough, right? Yeah, Absolutely. All right, Tom, if, if folks want to learn more about the District Track Club, where are you guys located? You know, and I know you mentioned putting out some helpful content for other runners, too. Yeah, uh, so District Track uh, is, our, is our website, and I could not tell you what the hell our Instagram and Twitter is. Uh, probably just, if, I'm sure if you, I'm, I'm not on social media at all. Um, so, um, if you, I'm sure if you just type it into Instagram or Twitter, you'll, you'll find us. But yeah, we have, uh, we update videos on Instagram a good amount. Um, I think our, our general manager puts up, um, all of our, uh, all of our workouts. And I think they're like archived, I believe, uh, on, on Instagram and things like that. So we, yeah, we try to share as much information as we can. So Instagram, um, and, and our website would probably be, uh, the best, uh, best place to find us. Great. And I'll do a little research before this goes live. And anybody listening who wants all the links just right in front of you will have show notes on the Strength Running blog. Tom, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. This is Jason, and thank you for joining me today for this episode. I hope you got some value from it and are able to apply one or two principles, workouts, or training ideas to your running. You can learn more about the District Track Club at districttrack.com or check out more resources and links from the show on the Strength Running blog. And like I mentioned at the beginning, this is just an excerpt from the Team Strength Running Coaching Program. This program is where any runner can get personal coaching affordably with access to a growing library of training plans, monthly guest interviews just like this one, a community of other runners to get support and encouragement from, and a host of other great discounts and resources. And the good news? We're opening soon. So don't miss out on that. Go to strengthrunning.com TSR and sign up to learn more about the team. All right, that's it for me today. Run strong, and I'll talk to you soon.